I'm starting this podcast because during the pandemic, I listened to a horrendous amount of podcasts and accumulated a lot of information, took notes on a lot of it, retained a lot of it, implemented some into my life. So I hope to relay a lot of that information to you as well as what I've learned from my own experiences. broken my brain <laughs> it's like there's only one third of it left Good. mentally shit on the pillar of health and happiness <laughs> morning, slap a morning affirmation on it you'll be fine <laughs> yeah. and don't fall asleep in your makeup oh my god no please please for me don't, don't fall asleep in I your makeup i swear it feels a hundred times better even if you're super drunk to just be like washing your whole face no even if you're like 16 jaeger bombs in please you will love <laughs> yourself no when you wake up. i've been there i've done it you can do it too you will love yourself in the morning if you just wash off your makeup I before swear. you go to bed adding the features to turn your phone on do not serve is the best decision apple has ever made Literally. in its history as a company Gordon. if it says an hour and 30 minutes sex beautiful 58 minutes even better show me 26 and i'll actually take myself out with <laughs> if you're listening to this don't call me at night i'm doing my leg drain i'm busy that's true <laughs> But I love friends who call instead of texting. Yeah, no, I love that. Really, this is something I say all the time. You realize that your your time, your energy, your love, your affection, list goes on. Those are finite resources. Yeah. And you have to choose how to allocate. You have to be mindful about how you're allocating them the same way you would be mindful about how you're allocating like money, for example. And at the end of the day, you become a product of what you put your energy into. Draining it or are you adding to it? It's like you got to really choose and you got to be picky. Be around really people do. who give you energy more than they drain your yeah. energy. You can't be it's around huge. people who drain your energy. I don't care if it's a bitch move. Like, just protect your peace. Stay at home. Eat your dark chocolate and put on your podcast, bro. <laughs> Mila Moya Sahara. Aww. I basically wanted to bring on the person I know who is most... How do I say this? Passionate. The most passionate, the most comfortable talking about anything related to sex, relationships. And feminine expression. The reason why I'm so open about sexuality and feminine expression is because women are like taught to grow up, aspire to marriage. They're told what to wear, how to feel. Not having discourse about like sexuality with women is very detrimental. What I want to know is where did this come from for you? Because I have a theory. I have a theory about where it came from. So your theory is probably related to Iran, like living there. Yeah. I was born here until I was seven. And then I moved to Iran and I was living there. Almost like characterized my identity and my personality today. Growing up, I was restricted a lot. You're forced to like wear a hijab. You're forced to conform to Islamic jurisprudence and all those like Islamic laws. It was hard because as a woman, like, I want to express my femininity, but, like, femininity means different things to different people. To me, is being a sexual person and being able to be comfortable in my own skin and wearing clothes that complement my curves. And that restriction is what made me, like, bounce further away. Everything that you are today is the exact opposite of what they wanted you to be. The analogy I use is like, you know that that little trinket that people have on their desks where it's like the metal balls hanging on the wires. You grab one on one end and you like hold it back and you let it go. It hits the rest of the balls and the opposite one goes flying just as far in the opposite direction. If you pull something in one direction, as soon as you let it go, it is gonna bounce back in the other direction with the exact same magnitude. Yeah. People are the same way and it's completely normal. It's the exact, it's like it's the rational reaction, the restriction you went through when you were younger. Yeah, it's- Do you think that dating apps work? Yeah. 
Why? 100%. I think this personally, when you like download a dating app specifically just to find somebody in your soulmate, I feel like that doesn't work. I've had success on dating apps, not because like I downloaded for the main purpose of like, oh, I need to find my soulmate on this app. I downloaded dating apps to find weed. (laughs) If you go into any experience with the desperation of this needs to lead to X specific outcome, it's not going to happen. Nothing Mm -hmm. good in life comes out of desperation. If you're too attached to an outcome, it's not going to work out in a relationship with two people. The person who has the most control is the one who's not attached to the outcome. The more desperate you are, the less control you have. Shit, that hit home. (laughs) Men want a woman who makes them feel like a man. And him having to chase you makes him feel like more of a man. So many women neglect this, but you don't have to be obsessed with proving that you can do everything on your own all the time. Yes, you can open the bottle of wine on your own, but let him open it. Ask him to zip up your dress. I don't know, like just tell him that you feel safer on him. Things like that are music to a guy's ears. You guys put quite a bit of thought again into like the branding around how you're gonna release it, when you're gonna release it. To me, that's more, that's as important as making the song. Because if you, if you make a great song and you can't promote it, put it out there and put it to the right group of people to listen to, it's not going to, like, no one's going to hear it. Like, the, intention of making a, the intention of making a song is, like, to get it to the masses, right? Yeah. So you want every single fucking buddy to be able to hear the song. And I feel like if I'm going to put something out there and, like, at least, like, 5,000 people aren't listening to it, then I just wasted my time and money. So sometimes we have these great songs in the vault, right, that haven't come out. I want everyone to hear the song because it's that good. Not everyone's fucking with us right now, right? So I'm going to wait till I get more traction and then put it out there. And this is that song. And that's why we had to work on the social media presence, right? That's why, like, we out here looking all fly on the Instagram, taking pictures, just so that, like, people are just attracted to yeah, the image. Yeah, you look good on your Instagram. Yeah, so once you're attracted to the image, even if the song sounds trash, you're still going to listen to it. Okay, yo, Derek, what's your type? Um, me, my type. Anything with blonde hair. (laughs) I know, I know. You're breaking my heart. Well, I can't wait for the wedding. Um, uh, Only if I'm not marrying you, but yeah. And I I think that's by design, right? Because like, if we look at like our graduating class, even like historically, people go into finance, accounting, marketing, consulting. Like there's no one specific route, you know? Like if you go to med school, you're becoming a doctor and like one specific specialization. But like for Ivy, because you're given like all this operating freedom to take courses in finance, to take courses in strategy, you, you kind of have your pick. And like, I guess that's a good thing about summer internships. And that's when that comes into play because like, not only do you kind of learn through cases in Ivy, like in summer internships, you obviously get to do this stuff and you get a flavor of like, what's it, what it's like working as like an internal strategy analyst in whatever company or as an accountant in like a specific company. And then you can figure out like, is this for me? Is this not for me? So the way I think about recruiting and careers is like, I've learned a lot about what I don't want to do. And that kind of helps me find what I do want to do. My eyes really open to technology because number one, you get paid a decent amount, but also like there's a relevance in technology in every field. Like I think COVID's definitely expedited the adoption of technology in a lot of different areas. But if you look at any industry from healthcare or marketing or retail, like there is some technology presence and it's evolving every day. I make a joke with like a lot of people in my company. I'm like, I don't speak Python, sorry. Just having elemental confidence and like, just having positive self-talk definitely takes you a lot further if you have like a lot of like debilitating beliefs about yourself and stuff like i i think that's a limiting factor so just saying fuck it and doing it is like a huge thing that i've embodied throughout my life the best thing i ever heard about dating is that 
there are three types of girls. There are three types of women in the world. The first girl is the one who says, I can't do anything on my own. I need you to help me. Like my one notch above her is the girl who says, I don't need help. I can do it on my own. There's one more category of women. A notch above her is the girl who says, I know that I can do it on my own, but it's fun to let a man do it for me sometimes. That is the girl who's truly confident because she's not worried about proving anything to anyone. It is a good idea to hold crypto as a hedge against the collapse of the global monetary system. My principle is I refuse to invest in something before I have at least some kind of basic grasp on the thing. What I will say for people who are hesitant, in 2022, countries have already adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. There are goods and services you can only purchase with crypto. Most major banks have an arm trading it. There's a very good chance this is gonna be part of the future and it's a good idea to have it. The last alternative investment I wanna talk about is wine. Buying domain names now is like, buying prime real estate in New York in the 1960s when it was dirt cheap and now it's like ridiculously expensive. Champagne pairs well with dessert, brie, truffles, things like that. Rosé is really good with fruit. Red wine pairs well with red meats, anything smoked or grilled. And then white wines pair better with light meats, chicken, seafood, sweet and leafy greens, and anything with spicy chilies. Different glasses, so different shapes of wine glasses are optimal for different kinds of wine. Glasses for white wine are smaller than the ones for red wine because the top is more closed off, so it holds in the delicate aroma of like a white wine better. In the fall of my last year of university, I was lucky enough to have three job offers from different firms with the option to work in five different cities across the world. Even saying that sounds so surreal to me. I think there's a stark contrast between that and when I started business school without a clue in the world what consulting was, what networking was, any of that. I think that people get the purpose of networking wrong. The purpose of networking, not to schmooze a bunch of people and get a job because you know someone who knew someone who knew someone. The purpose is to gather information beyond what is on a job application or a company website. Use this to... First of all, decide whether the company or job even interests you. And second of all, to have information straight from the source that you can use later in your cover letter or in an interview. The biggest mistake that I think people make, people put the person who they're talking to on a pedestal just because they have the job that you want. I learned the most about how to do a good coffee chat when I started getting coffee chatted by other people. If somebody treats you like an equal, and is telling you about themselves as much as they're asking questions about you, then it's interesting. Then it's like, okay, like we're playing a game here. In yes. Europe, there's no such thing as a relationship with food. There's less attachment. In, in a lot of European countries, they enjoy everything in moderation. Like people eat cheese and wine and pastries and still stay exceptionally slim because they don't overdo it. In North America, there's so much effort put towards being on a diet. Do I eat keto? Do I eat less carbs? Like there's such an obsession with it that it kind of goes overboard, but still you look around and everybody's obese. So obviously something isn't working. Diet culture is just like rampant. Everywhere you look, there's like detox teas and calorie counting and weight loss hacks and exercise classes that are super intense that like spike your cortisol and you like basically want to die the entire time. Still, again, you look around and people are not nearly as fit as they generally are in Europe where most people are like at a healthy weight and still enjoy everything in moderation because there's less of this attachment to food. It's like they just naturally eat whole foods and move and know that they'll be healthy. Yeah, so, when we started working out, it was like, oh, I want to look good, so girls will think we're attractive. Mm -hmm. That probably only lasts a year or two, and you realize, okay, well, at, at the end of the day, like the, the image part doesn't really count, and don't they don't care, and it becomes like what's behind working out. Like mm -hmm. you said, 
dedication, the work hard. You know, the habit of going to the gym is just an attractive thing to do. What was the biggest mistake you think you made early on that, like, let's say you were talking to your 16-year-old okay. self, what would you say? We weren't eating a lot, like enough. It was the diet. We were both so skinny, you need to eat a lot to start putting on muscle, especially since we were going, like, every day. We were burning a lot of calories and we weren't feeding ourselves enough. And you can't be afraid of gaining weight, you know? You need to eat to gain the energy to work hard at the gym, like, to rebuild your muscles. Like, the diet is the most important thing in my mind. So you need to eat protein for your muscles to grow again. Like if I'm, if I'm not getting stronger at the gym anymore, it's either I'm not training hard enough or I'm not eating well enough. And it's usually I'm not eating enough. Three most important things to looking good is, is sleeping because that's when you build your muscles back up mm. and your body recovers so you can work out again, is the diets and then working out itself. I say go two to three times a week for an hour because mm. the burnout is, is what stops a lot of people from working out for a long time. My Wait, body the thing can't is, take it. They, they expect results to come way quicker than they actually do. For a lot of girls, they're probably scared of eating more because they don't want to get fat. Mm -hmm. But what you're gonna need to do is you're gonna need to eat more to have enough energy to go to the gym to push yourself. So I I really suggest looking up your maintenance calories and so you have the energy. Yeah, otherwise that booty's not gonna build itself. Yeah. Starting a business is one of the best ways that we can learn while we're young. And again, you have the time and energy to do this that like most adult working professionals lack later in life. You also have a higher appetite for risk. One of Stanley Druckenmiller's like three lessons, his three main lessons on investing, to make concentrated bets in high conviction areas. If you have an idea that you're passionate about, it's worth investing in. Even if you lose all your money, you will gain a hell of a lot of confidence and probably learn something along the way. Like think about how impressive it is to hear about a 20 something year old who has started multiple businesses. Even if the first five crash and burn and the sixth is a success, it's probably worth it. You might as well invest your time into things that can make you wealthier, healthier, or cultivate your skills for the long term. Two people being in love. Like it's amazing that they have so much happiness from what's around them. Like, I mean, Europe's beautiful. The major cities are just stunning. You have beautiful architecture. Like the energy's great, you know, so much to do, so much to see. It's hard to not be happy. So if two people can express their happiness with each other, poetic. Her. I think it's beautiful and I love seeing it. I don't want to get to the end of my life and regret not having experienced my life fully in front of everybody, no matter where I am, what I'm doing, who's listening, who's watching, who's not. I feel like the thing that I will regret most, I'm not going to get to the end of my life and be happy that I filtered myself so I didn't offend anyone. I'm going to be more disappointed if I get to the end of my life and I feel like I missed out on those cheesy, picture-perfect movie moments because I was worried about who's watching. That's my biggest fear. I always say you're going to regret it if you don't do it. You might regret it if you do it, so you might as well just do it. Humans naturally are creatures of habit, so having a routine can bring a lot of clarity into an otherwise chaotic life or a chaotic day. I love something that Ed Milet says, which is that if you can control the first 30 and the last 30 minutes of your day, you are increasing the chances that you will have control over what happens in the middle. I take myself out on a date once a week. A date with myself can be taking myself to a coffee shop. It can be taking myself out to a nice dinner. There's so much power in learning how to enjoy spending time with yourself. You are the only person you're who you're stuck with for your entire life. You can't get out of your relationship with yourself. So you might as well make it the best relationship of your entire life. I'm Ed.
editing, just wanted to pop in and ask if you could please rate and review 20-something on Apple Podcasts. I do not do sponsors on the pod, and I would like to keep it that way. The only thing that I ask of you is that you leave a review. If you don't know what to say, just tell me what your favorite episode is. If you know someone who you think would find value out of these episodes, send it to them. Send it to your best friend, send it to your mom. Ratings, reviews, and referrals are the main things that help podcasts grow on platforms like this. So it would be a huge help to help me reach more people. I'm also actively looking for more guests to have on. So if you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on and have something they're an expert about that they can talk about, you can find my email in the show notes. Just send me a quick message and I'd love to chat with you there.